likely heard about lucid dreaming at some point in your life, but maybe you put it away because you thought that the idea of lucid dreaming was so out there that this was something that maybe only a few select people get to experience. That is what I thought about lucid dreaming. I've been hearing about it ever since I was a teenager, but I never bothered to study it until I was in New York City maybe 18 months ago, and I was watching a talk show in New York. My friend Mia Koning was hosting this talk show, and she has special guests come on all the time, some of the most remarkable minds in the world. And that particular day, she had this man called Charlie Molly on stage. And I came for Mia. I had no idea who Charlie was. I, you know, had heard about lucid dreaming, but it wasn't something I actively wanted to study. But when I sat in that room and I heard Charlie unravel exactly what lucid dreaming was and exactly what you experience when you go into it, I got mystified. I was hooked for that one hour as you are likely gonna be hooked for this hour as this man, Charlie Morley, takes you on this remarkable adventure. Now that day in New York, my life changed because I, I began to understand that we spend so much of our time in this waking world, but there is an alternate world that we pay no attention to, the world of sleep, the world of altered states. And today, you're gonna learn how to cross that chasm, how to step into a new world where you are fully awake in your dreams. But not only is this a world where it's like you are in the world's greatest 3D simulator, but where as you are simulating these adventures, you also get to directly talk to higher intelligence. You get to tap into your soul. You get to heal things, to fix things, to create synchronicities in your life that can transform the way you show up in the world. Now, Charlie Morty is so good at teaching lucid dreaming that I have to share this story with you. It happened four days before filming this masterclass and the story is bizarre. So about a week ago, I got in a call with Charlie. You see, before we film these masterclasses, I get in a Skype call or a Zoom call with an author, and we discuss the topic, we discuss the education model. And there Charlie started talking about how in this class, he's gonna teach you how to remember your dreams. It's, it's part of the lessons we're gonna take you through. So there I was passively listening to Charlie tell me what he was gonna teach in this class. Now, interestingly enough, I never remember my dreams, but over the next couple of days, I started waking up with a clear, vivid memory of my dreams. And on Thursday, so I'm filming this right now on a Monday, on Thursday, I had one of the craziest dreams yet. You see, I just come out of surgery. I had an issue with my knee, a torn meniscus. The doctor had operated on my knee. At the same time, I was moving furniture and I busted my back. So I was feeling so stiff, so immobile. And for the last two months, my body has just not been in its best shape. Now that day, Thursday, I woke up in the morning and I had this dream where I was, I decided not to walk to work. I decided to parkour to work. I was jumping from rooftops. I was like swinging. I was climbing over walls. I was jumping long distances. And I woke up with this feeling of movement. And then I went to brush my teeth and immediately I felt this sharp pain in my back because I had moved into a new house and I was shifting furniture the night before. And so in my mind, I was thinking, wow, my subconscious has really been teasing me. My subconscious gave me this incredible dream of fluid movement and here I am, barely able to brush my teeth without this wicked pain in my back. 
Now on that specific day, I happen to have 90 minutes of free time open up after lunch. Now, my schedule is normally busy, but I had 90 minutes of free time open up. And I decided, you know, maybe that dream was a sign that I need to start getting movement back. So I decided to go see my regular chiropractor. So I showed up at my regular chiropractor and it turned out he was on vacation. And so I spoke to the receptionist and I said, well, when can I make an appointment? The receptionist said, well, your regular Cairo isn't here, but we have this other doctor, this Russian guy who does this, this type of work with energy and, and working with your bones. Would you like to see him if you're in pain? I remembered the dream and I thought, well, why not? Maybe I should see this guy. And for that next one hour, I have an incredible treatment. This guy is combining chiropractic with energy work. And I walk out of that, that session with my body able to move in different ways. I felt so liberated. Not only was my back pain gone, but I had greater flexibility and other pains and aches had vanished all because of a dream, a dream that I remembered because just a few days before I was talking to Charlie Morley about what he was going to teach in this masterclass. Now it's likely you might have a similar experience just from tuning in, just from listening to this education piece you might certainly find yourself remembering dreams. But I want you to know, you're not just going to remember dreams. You're going to see how dreams lead to synchronicities, to ahas, to awakenings. Dreams are more than just random processing of our memories. Dreams are truly powerful. So let me tell you about our guest today. Charlie Morley is a best-selling author of multiple books on lucid dreaming and shadow integration. He has been lucid dreaming for almost 20 years and was authorized to teach with the Kagyu School of Tibetan Buddhism by Lama Yeshi Rinpoche in 2008. He's since developed one of the most powerful holistic approaches to dream work called Mindfulness of Dream and Sleep. His books have been translated into 15 languages and he has done classes in more than 20 five countries. Charlie Morley has spoken about lucid dreaming at Cambridge University, at Oxford University. More recently, he was invited to speak to the Ministry of Defense here in the UK. This is equivalent to speaking at the Pentagon in the United States. He has spoken at the House of Parliament. That's like speaking at Congress in the United States. And in 2018, he was awarded the Churchill Fellowship Grant to research mindfulness-based PTSD treatment in veterans. You see, Charlie has been researching and helping veterans who suffer from PTSD heal their PTSD through dream states. And his story of lucid dreaming is mind-blowing. So let's welcome onto the set, Charlie Marley. <laughs> Charlie, welcome to Mind Valley. Vision, thank you so much, man. It's great to be here with you, talking to the Mind Valley audience. I love what you guys do. I've been following you for years, and it is so cool to be here on set with you now. Thank you, Charlie. And you know, I, I I want you guys to know that this isn't Charlie's first appearance in Mind Valley. About a year ago, I put Charlie on stage at Mind Valley University, and you were such a big hit. I know that we had to bring you here as a teacher. We put so much background research on our teachers, and then we test them in the real world. And you had so many fans, so many of you guys said such great things about that man. We have to bring you here. I'm glad I passed the test, man. It's great to be here. Charlie, first, let's start with some definitions. Mm. How would you define lucid dreaming? So a lucid dream is a dream where you are actively aware of the fact you're dreaming as the dream is happening. So it's not just a really vivid dream. You are sound asleep, lost in the dream, but part of the brain reactivates and you go, wow, 
This is all a dream. And you can control the dream. Absolutely. You can decide what you want to see, what you want to experience. You can interact with the dream. Once you become lucid, you become the choreographer of your dream. You can direct, you can guide, you can control the dream at will, choosing to do whatever you like within the virtual confines of your own psychology. Right, and now many people think lucid dreaming is just about adventures. And look, if this was just about being able to be in this 3D simulation and feel yourself fly or feel you have helped some of the most wild, crazy adventures that you can't do in the real world, that itself is a gift. But there's something weird about lucid dreaming where it seems to cause ripples or synchronicities in the real world. Like with me meeting that energy healer and getting my, my mobility healed, what is going on there? Okay, so the reason I love your dream that you shared there, right? So I described that as a clarity dream. It wasn't fully lucid, you mm -hmm. didn't know you were dreaming in there, but it was a dream of insight, a dream of clarity. Your dreamer, that part of the mind that creates and plays out your dreams, presented you with an insight. It said, this is the possibility of my body, freedom of movement. Parkour, the movement from point A to point B using the least amount of energy in the most efficient way. What a great metaphor your dreamer presented you with. Now the next day you're there brushing your teeth and then you get this pain in your back. At that point, that kind of synchronistic moment in the waking state makes you think, oh, maybe I should get a treatment for this. Mm -hmm. Your normal treatment person is not available. You hook up with the Russian energy guy. You have this amazing energy treatment and you heal your back. Now, isn't it funny how the waking state presents us with synchronicities that support what the dream offered us. As if the insight from the dreamer somehow hooks into the kind of synchronistic field of the waking state. I mean, I don't know how it works, but I know I've seen it myself. In fact, one of the first times I experienced lucid dream healing was a very similar experience. I had an ear infection. I went surfing uh, in some bad water, I got an ear infection, right? And I'd heard in these books that you could use lucid dreaming to cure ailments, right? but I'd never done it. So I become lucid in the dream. I know I'm dreaming. Oh wow, I'm dreaming. My body's asleep in bed. This is all a three-dimensional projection of my own mind. I'm inside my dream and I'm conscious. So you can decide what to do. So I decided to heal my ears. So in the lucid dream, I put my dream hands over my dream ears and I call out, my ears are healed of all non-beneficial disease. My ears are healed of all non-beneficial disease. The reason I say that is because sometimes there's some disease in the body that might be benefiting us somehow. So I always say non-beneficial disease. Anyway, so I do this hands-on healing on my ears in the dream. And then in the lucid dream, I start hearing this crackling in my ears. You know, if you put in like earwax drops in your ears, they crackle, right? And in the lucid dream, I'm thinking, that's so realistic. It's even making the crackling of earwax. And then in the lucid dream, I feel earwax pouring out of my dream ear. And I think that's super realistic too. Then I wake up in my bed. In real life, there's earwax pouring out of my ear. It's a bit of a gross example, right? But essentially what I had proof of was that a lucid dream healing led to a physical manifestation in the waking state. The earwax was released through a lucid dream healing. That was amazing enough. But then as the earwax is being released, I suddenly thought to myself, maybe I should get my ears syringed, right? So I get my phone and I call up my local GP surgery. I know they don't specialize in ear stuff, but I thought maybe they can tell me who does. So I ring them up and I say, a bit of a weird question, but do you know where I can get my uh, ears syringed? And they say, oh, really strange you've rung because once every six months we have an ear specialist come in to do ear syringing. And in fact, we've got a free appointment in a few hours. Do you want that? So that was the exact day in six months <laughs> yeah. that that ear specialist was in town. Precisely. So just like you had this synchronicity the night after your dream of clarity, so too did I have this synchronicity the night after this lucid dream healing experience. Okay, this is mind blowing. Now you use the word the dreamer. Mm. You, you speak about the dreamer. 
What is that? It sounds like you're talking about a higher power that's guiding us in this dream state. Pretty much nailed it. When I use the term the dreamer with like a capital D, I'm talking about the part of the unconscious mind that creates and plays out our dreams. We know our dreams aren't random, right? Everyone's had it where like five minutes before the alarm clock goes off, they find out who the murderer was or something like that, right? So there's part of our mind that is creating and playing out our dreams. That's the dreamer. And it's that part of the mind that we communicate with when we want a lucid dream. And it's that part of the mind that communicates with us in the waking state through synchronicity. That's fascinating how lucid dreaming can create synchronicities in the real world. Mm. I'm, I'm so intrigued by that. Now, Charlie, how did you get started? I started lucid dreaming about 20 years ago, when I was about 15, 16 years old. I'd heard about lucid dreaming. I'd had them when I was younger, so I knew they kind of existed. And I bought some books and I taught myself how to do it. I mean, this is what we'll find out in this masterclass and in the quest. Lucid dreaming is a learnable skill. You can teach yourself step by step how to become fully conscious within your dreams. So I bought some books. I taught myself how to do it. And I started having quite a lot of lucid dreams. Um, So in a lucid dream, you gain access to this amazing three-dimensional projection of your own mind in which the rules of society don't apply. A lucid dream is as real as this. You know that old adage, right? Mm -hmm. Pinch yourself to see if you're dreaming. Right. If you do that in a lucid dream, you just feel pain. Even though you know that the dream fingers doing the pinching and the dream arm being pinched don't exist. It's all a huge internal hallucination and yet you still feel pain, right? So lucid dreams are incredibly realistic. So at 15, 16 years old, you can imagine what I spent this incredibly realistic playground doing, right? A lot of sex and a lot of skateboarding, which at 15, 16 were my two favorite things. One I was doing a lot of, the other not so much. Uh, (laughs) I'll let you imagine, right? The thing is, I did get really good at skateboarding. And as we'll learn later, there's some interesting studies that show If you train in sports in the lucid dream, you can actually get better in the waking state. Yes, those studies are intriguing. Absolutely. So I got very good at skateboarding, not so much the other thing. Um, But I used to get lucid and I would call out in the lucid dream, you know, this is showing my age, but probably Pamela Anderson, come to me, something like that. And all these girls would appear and have all the sex that I wasn't having in the waking state. So just hedonism, man, just being a teenager, right? But then when I was 17, something happened that made me completely reconfigure my view of lucid dreaming and its potential as a psychospiritual tool. Before I got into uh, spiritual stuff and Buddhism a little bit later, I was pretty wild when I was 16, 17. So when I was 17, I had a near-death experience due to a drugs overdose. Um, It wasn't all angels and light, like some people's NDEs, this one was seriously traumatic. And after this near-death experience, I had recurring nightmares and daytime panic attacks. The daytime panic attacks led me to get into meditation and mindfulness in Buddhism as a way to try and heal my mind. But the nightmares, they persisted. They were seriously bad. I mean, I'm talking three, four months of what I could now absolutely diagnose as post-traumatic stress disorder nightmares. But at 17, I didn't know that, right? All I knew is that I was scared to go to sleep. There were literally nights where I was so young, I didn't even like the taste of coffee yet, but I knew what coffee did. So I would eat coffee out of the jar to try and keep myself awake. And I would manage to stay awake for one night, maybe two, then eventually I'd fall asleep and I'd have double the amount of nightmares. It would be even worse, right? But I was, I was trying. So at this point, I was really at the end of my tether here. I was scared to go to sleep. And I remembered something. In those lucid dreaming books I'd read a couple of years before, all of them seemed to say that you could use lucid dreaming to cure nightmares. There were some interesting scientific studies, not a lot on it, but they said there was the potential for that to happen. So I reread those chapters. And I realized that if I could become lucid within those nightmares, I might be able to integrate them, I might be able to cure the nightmares. 
So the first three times it happened, I became lucid in this recurrent nightmare. It was always the same thing. I was back in the near-death experience. In fact, I was still dead. That was the thing. And what would happen was this little dwarf guy would appear, like this dwarf with a shaved head. I know it sounds weird, but for whatever reason, he represented death. And when he appeared in the dream, he was death. And I was, I was still dead, basically. And the first three times I did manage to wake up in the dream. I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. And I knew that I had to face him, but it was just too terrifying. I couldn't do it. I just woke up, cold sweats, heart palpitations, all the usual stuff. But in the third or fourth lucid dream, I woke up in the dream, oh, I'm dreaming. So I knew my body was asleep in bed. I knew this was all a three-dimensional projection in my own mind. And I knew that that dwarf was not real, that he represented the trauma of the near-death experience. And so I knew what I had to do. I turned to face him and I literally faced the dwarf. And nowadays, and I talk about this in my TED talk, I advise people to embrace whatever they meet in their lucid dream, however scary, however monstrous, because it's simply a part of themselves that is split off, that is traumatized. But at 17, I didn't know that. So I turned to face the dwarf guy and I yelled at him, okay, I get it, I get it. It's my mind. As in, I know this isn't real. I know this is just my traumatized mind. I finally faced my fear. And what happened next was amazing. This dwarf guy with a shaved head who represented the near-death experience suddenly had a surprised look on his face. He went, hmm. And then he went like a magician, ta-da! And suddenly in the dream, there appeared these red curtains, red velvet curtains that moved back as if the magician had revealed a trick. And behind those curtains was a 17-year-old Charlie's vision of paradise. It was a big vert skate ramp, and on the top of the skateboard ramp were girls in bikinis smoking joints. Good morning, Charlie. <laughs> no, I know that's pretty base, right? But at 17, it was my vision of paradise, and I woke up. I woke up feeling different. At the moment I woke from that lucid dream, I knew something had shifted, and I never had those nightmares again. Four months of post-traumatic stress disorder nightmares cured in one lucid dream. That was when I woke up to this potential. I realized this is not just flying about and having sex with movie stars. This is a powerful healing modality. And the reason I feel so passionate now when I work with the veterans and the serving military teaching them lucid dreaming is not only because I know what it feels like to have post-traumatic stress disorder nightmares, and secondly, I know that lucid dreaming can cure them, but also because the very genesis of my lucid dreaming path began with that lucid nightmare. So I've always got a link to that. And that's why I feel so passionate about working with veterans. Amazing, amazing. So for those of you watching, I hope by now you're intrigued and I want you to make a commitment to go all the way with us in this masterclass because in this masterclass, Charlie is gonna give you a four-step approach to lucid dreaming. Now, some of you might start having lucid dreams, but if not, you might experience like what I experienced, dream clarity, where you remember a dream and it leads to some synchronicity in the real world. Others might see um, a step towards lucid dreaming, and that step could be simply an awareness and remembrance of your dreams when you wake up. Either way, you're gonna learn the steps to get you there, four steps in particular in this masterclass. So I wanna make sure you commit, because I asked Charlie to come here on the set and give you his best. And in turn, I asked that you give us your best attention. Turn off Facebook, turn off Instagram, and make sure you have a journal ready and make sure you commit to practicing the exercises we're about to give you and that you commit to taking action tonight itself so that you start remembering your dreams. We sleep for a third of our lives. 
And for most people, that's a third of our life that they know nothing about. If we did start to know something about the third of our life we spent sleeping and dreaming, we'd learn that if we can harness our dreams, we can learn to integrate trauma, change our minds, and to rewire our brain while we sleep. I wanna share some stories with you. A lot of us believe that lucid dreaming is just for special people. So I wanna make sure that you know that lucid dreaming is a potential that we all have. It's something we can learn, we can train our minds to do, and once we learn how to do it, we gain access to the most powerful virtual reality simulator in existence, the human mind. And once you gain access to the human mind, you can plant seeds of healing in the mind that have a very powerful effect on our waking state experience. I wanna share with you a couple of stories of real life case studies, people who have changed their life through lucid dreams. The first one I wanna tell you about is a student of mine named Antonio. Now, Antonio had this lucid dream, not after a lucid dreaming workshop, but simply after a half an hour lucid dreaming talk that I gave, which is why some of you tonight will have lucid dreams after this masterclass. Not only the fact that we're opening you up to the potential of lucid dreaming, but also the fact we're giving you tools and techniques too. So Antonio had been a smoker for nine or 10 years. He had heard in the speech I was giving that in the lucid dream state, just like in a state of hypnotherapy, you can plant seeds and suggestions of healing intent that will radically impact your waking life. So he had asked me as a smoker, what could I do in the lucid dream to help train my mind out of the addiction of nicotine? I had said, Antonio, in your lucid dream, call out a statement of intent like a hypnotic suggestion, such as, I live a healthy lifestyle free of the addiction of nicotine. Luckily, Antonio was way more creative than I was. That night at that festival, he became lucid. And in the lucid dream, he thought to himself, rather than just planting a suggestion, what if I can meet my brain? Because surely that's the source of my addiction. So in the lucid dream, he calls out to meet his brain. Now, the cool thing about lucid dreaming is that psychological concepts become personified. In a lucid dream, you can literally meet your fear. You can meet trauma. And in this case, Antonio met his brain. So he calls out to meet his brain and a woman appears. And he says, who are you? And this woman, like it's nothing big, she says, I'm your brain. He goes, you're my brain. Uh, okay, look, how's my health? And his brain, casual as anything, says, actually, you know what? Your health's okay, but you know what you need to stop. And Antonio in the lucid dream goes, oh, it's the smoking, right? She goes, mm-hmm. His brain's sassy. In fact, he's quite sassy too. So the sassy brain tells him the problem is with smoking. He then replies to the brain, okay, well, look, you're my brain, so anytime I think about smoking or wanna have a cigarette, make me think or do something else. And in the lucid dream, his brain goes, okay, sure, boom, and he wakes up. That whole lucid dream was probably one, two minutes long, nothing more than that. The next day he emails me, says, it's been a whole day, I haven't had a craving for cigarettes. Now I did some hypnotherapy training in my early 20s, so I know how difficult it is to work with um, the addiction of nicotine and cigarettes, so I didn't believe him. I said, okay, bro, that's cool, but give me an email in a couple of weeks. Let me know how you're getting on. Two weeks later, he emails me again, says, I'm still not smoking. Now, at this point, I'm writing my second book, so I'm looking for case studies, and I'm like, this is a brilliant case study, right? So I say, can I interview you? I need to make sure, you know, you're basically telling the truth, and I need to interview your nearest and dearest too. So I went around to see Antonio. I interviewed him and also his partner, who's funny enough, is called Charlie. Charlie, Antonio's partner, confirmed, this was now two months later, that Antonio had still not been smoking cigarettes. And then he asked me something. He said, something strange happened. When we do our weekly shop, I write the shopping list and Antonio goes to buy the shopping. 
And for the last few weeks, Antonio has come back with everything on the shopping list apart from my cigarettes. Why do you think that could be? Now, I remember hearing something on the Darren Brown show called Negative Hallucination, where a hypnotic suggestion is planted so deeply in the subconscious mind that the subject will literally not be able to see what you've hypnotized them not to be able to see. Could it have been that the lucid dream healing was so powerful that Antonio literally couldn't read the word cigarettes? We don't know. We're throwing this out there. But the main thing is, it's now been years and Antonio still isn't smoking. He cured nine years of nicotine addiction through one lucid dream. This is the power of the mind once you're lucid. That is remarkable. So lucid dreaming can be used to rewire your habits, to break patterns that can be destructive to you. You can literally talk to your body. Yes. But there's something else. And, and this is what really blew my mind. And this is why I'm so passionate about learning lucid dreaming right now. And that is how lucid dreaming seems to create intuitive insights and synchronicities. You were telling me this incredible story about one of your students, Nina. Please share that. Okay, this is super cool. So this is Nina. Um, she was stuck in a job that she wasn't totally sure about, and she wanted to ask the lucid dream for career advice. Now, in the lucid dream, you gain access to the full power of the unconscious mind, and the unconscious mind has been variously described as a library of wisdom containing every book you've ever read, every spiritual teaching you've ever been to, every conversation you've ever had is stored in this huge database of knowledge. So because of that, the unconscious mind can make pretty good algorithms of possibility. It can make pretty good predictions of the future, not based on anything mystical, but just based on the huge amount of data it has in its reserves. So in the lucid dream state, what you can do is go in there and ask big questions like, what career path should I take? In fact, I did that and it told me to be a lucid dreaming teacher. So here I am now. <laughs> so Nina had heard me tell this story, right? And she thought, I'm gonna try it too. So Nina has a lucid dream. And in the lucid dream, she calls out, what should I do career-wise? Those were her words. What should I do career-wise? And suddenly, boom, the dream transforms. And the dream presents her with an image of herself, which is quite rare to see yourself and yourself, herself surrounded by little children, aged three or four years old, reading a book to them. That was the image. And then she wakes up. She thought, okay, what an image. I guess that was kind of like a kindergarten teacher working with, working with little three and four year old kids. And then she woke up, she kind of ignored the dream. She thought, well, I don't have any training in this, but these synchronicities kept on coming into her life. Like she kept on seeing adverts for, you know, kindergarten teachers and stuff. And she thought, this is so weird. It's like the dream keeps on coming back to me. So eventually she followed the synchronicities and she applies for a job, not as a kindergarten teacher, but as a primary school teacher. Uh, primary school teacher, teaching assistant. She thought, okay, it's not exactly what the dream said, but it's close enough, I'm making an effort. So the night before this job interview to be a primary school teaching assistant, she has another lucid dream. And in this lucid dream, she calls out to the sky in the lucid dream, will I get the job tomorrow? Will I get the job tomorrow? The dream responds by saying Y-E-S in stars. The stars constellate to say Y-E-S in the sky. I mean, how freaking cool That's is so that? That's so poetic. Yeah, exactly. So she wakes up and she's thinking, wow, I'm totally getting that job tomorrow. I've had two big lucid dreams about it. It is on. Next day, she goes for the job interview. She doesn't even have it. They say, oh, we're so sorry. We've given the job to the last person who came. She's thinking, what? I've had the lucid dreams. I've had the synchronicities. What's going on? As she's walking out the door, they say, oh, wait, um, there is another job going with the kindergarten that we work with too. Do you want to apply for that? exactly what the dream had said, kindergarten teacher. So she applies for that job, she gets the job, she became a kindergarten teacher. Wow, that, that, that is remarkable. Because it shows that you're really communicating with a higher power here. Yeah. Something that seems to even, in a way, 
know your future. There's a lot of interesting science. Yeah. Not we, we don't fully understand it, but I know there is so much interest in lucid dreaming. I'm guessing this is why you get asked to teach at so many distinguished institutions. And, and that's an important fact too, because I don't want people looking at this and thinking that this is, this is mystical or woo-woo. Charlie has spoken at Oxford University. He's given a TEDx talk. He's spoken at Cambridge University. He has spoken at the Ministry of Defense, and you've spoken at the British Parliament. These are all like incredible institutions. And the reason they're bringing Charlie in is because in the last couple of years, there's been so much additional research on lucid dreaming. We know this is real and we know today that this is truly powerful. Absolutely. There has been more scientific research into lucid dreaming in the past 10 years than the last 100 years put together. If you would have told me 10 years ago when I first started teaching this stuff, that 10 years later, I'd be giving a talk mm -hmm. at the Ministry of Defense, which is like the UK kind of oh. Pentagon, I would have said you're dreaming. You know, I would have laughed you off. I mean, right. this is insane. Why? Because we've now got the science to back it up. We know what's happening to the brain when you lucid dream. And this is really important to hit, right? Once you have a lucid dream, there are biological markers in the brain that change, that show you are lucid. Essentially, when you're having a non-lucid dream, the back part of the brain is highly active. The occipital lobe, the visual cortex, the brain stem, really active. Front part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, where the scientists say your sense of self resides, offline, very little blood flow. And that's why you can have dreams that you're other people, because your sense of self is so flexible, right? However, once you become lucid, and if you get someone to have a lucid dream in a brain scanner, and they've done this at Heidelberg University, you see the front part of the brain light up like a Christmas tree. Exactly the prefrontal cortex and their sense of self, their sense of, oh, I am having an experience comes back online. Now here's the crux. Once the prefrontal cortex comes back online as it does in a lucid dream, the brain doesn't think you're dreaming anymore. The brain thinks you're awake and it starts to lay down neural pathways through its potential for neuroplasticity in exactly the same way in the lucid dream as it would do in the waking state. So when I say things like in a lucid dream, you can rewire your brain, that isn't a hyperbolic statement. That is a scientifically verified statement. And one of the greatest studies to prove this is the sports science studies. Essentially, they train athletes to get lucid, right? And then in the lucid dream, rather than doing all this great psychological healing, they've got to do squats or they've got to do press-ups. Now, before the lucid dream, they've tested how many press-ups they can do, how many squats they can do. After the lucid dream training, there were marked increases in waking state capacity. Basically, they got better at doing press-ups and squats by training in their lucid dream. I mean. If that doesn't blow your mind, you probably haven't understood what I'm saying here. Right. And you can literally affect waking state performance, physical, by training in your lucid dream. That this is sci-fi. That does blow my mind, and a press-up is the cute British way of saying push-up. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, now Charlie, a lot of people, myself included, may think that this is beyond their capabilities. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, because um, I know I hesitated studying lucid dreaming for many years before I met you because I didn't think it was easy. Mm -hmm. But one thing I liked about you is you teach people how to get little results and little results and it builds our confidence. Like for me, I never used to remember my dreams. Now I remember my dreams. And I, I go into my sleep so confidently being able to remember my dreams. And after that recent healing experience, I now don't just remember my dreams. I see that my dreams are like breadcrumbs to something I need to do. Very nice. It, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So for those of you who, who go, you know, I don't even remember my dreams, this isn't gonna work for me, know that that is one of the first things you're gonna experience when you learn from Charlie. Now, the second barrier, I guess, that people might have to going deeper is, is this. 
They believe that their dreams are boring or meaningless. What do you have to say about that? Okay, so often people say, the reason I don't write down my dreams is because they're so boring. I will always reply, the reason your dreams are so boring is because you don't write them down. There is a biofeedback mechanism going on here between your conscious mind and your dreamer. The dreamer will respond to you actively witnessing what it is presenting you with. So people will find that within a few days of writing down their dreams, their dreams will start manifesting in a more vivid and meaningful way. You know, when I was at university, the degree I did was script writing, right? Learning how to write plays and, and movie scripts and stuff. If you would have told me that every night in my life I had to write five brand new Hollywood pieces of script writing, but that no one was going to watch them, there'd be no one in the audience, I wouldn't bother. I'd just write the most boring script I could. Once I knew that someone was going to be in the audience, after all these years of not being witnessed, suddenly I'd start writing amazing scripts. So if you want your dreams to manifest in a more meaningful way, in a more valuable way, you have to show the dream that you value them. Wow. And what better way to do that? Write them down. That, that is such a powerful insight. Okay, now, now the third reason that prevent people from going further with lucid dreaming is, and ask yourself if you feel this, lucid dreaming is only for special individuals. Mm, yeah. So because lucid dreaming has all these amazing benefits and it's linked to you know spiritual traditions and integrating trauma and all this kind of stuff, people seem to think that it's this special superpower. It is a superpower in many ways, but it's a superpower that every human has. How do we know this? Because children naturally lucid dream. So everyone watching this masterclass now, you have had lucid dreams before, whether you remember it or not. You know, Harvard studies have shown when they surveyed kids aged six to 16, the majority of children reported lucid dreams as part of their childhood development. Not every child every night, but the majority of kids. Right. So the fact that children naturally have lucid dreams tells us two important things. Number one, lucid dreaming is natural. It's not something you force upon the mind. It's a natural expression of the human mind. And number two, you don't need to learn how to lucid dream. You need to remember. Wow. Think of a language that you used to speak as a child, but you no longer speak, and how much easier it is to relearn that language as an adult compared to a language you've never spoken. When I, Your dreaming mind speaks the language of lucid dreams. It just needs to remember how. When I introduced my son to you, when you spoke at Mind Valley, Hayden, my son, was 11 years old, and I told him about lucid dreaming and how cool it was. And a few months later, it was almost two months later, he, he never brought it up in those two months. He came and he said, hey, Dad, I had just had a lucid dream. Wow. And, and it turned out he was having them regularly, like every few months, yeah. he would have them and remember them. And he just didn't have a word to describe them. Yeah. And so I totally believe what you're saying. And now I'm almost kind of envious of my 11 year old because he <laughs> lives the dreams and I'm going to get there. Well, you know what you said there that he didn't have a word for it. People watching this masterclass might find they start lucid dreaming tonight just because they're now aware of what it is. Right. They're watching right. going, oh wow, I think I have had those experiences. And something in us remembers. The dream is like, yeah, I'm here. Just like when you start writing down your dreams, your dreams become more vivid, more meaningful. Once you start opening up to the potential of lucid dreaming, sometimes lucid dreams will happen spontaneously just because you know it's possible. Right. A lot of people think lucid dreaming is just for crazy adventures like flying or having sex with movie stars. Those are not necessarily, I mean, now that can be pretty awesome, but there's more to it. Totally, man. I mean, look, as I said before, the first two years of my lucid dream experience were exclusively having sex with movie stars, but I was 15, 16 years old. I knew no better. Look at it like this. I know you've done a, a brilliant masterclass and quest with Paul McKenna, mm -hmm. who in my country is really famous as a hypnotist, right? right? When I was growing up as a kid, 
Paul McKenna was doing stage hypnotism. It was on the TV. He would hypnotize people, put them to hypnotic trance and make them run around like chickens, right? Mm -hmm. Nowadays, he puts people in hypnotic trance and helps them cure their trauma, helps them cure their lack of confidence. Amazing therapeutic work. Lucid dreaming is exactly the same. You can use lucid dreaming to run around like a chicken, to have sex with movie stars just for fun. But you can also use the same state just in the same way you can use the same state of hypnotic trance to heal in the dreams, to explore your mind in the dream, to do your spiritual practice in your dream, to move beyond limitations in the dream. So yeah, you can use lucid dreaming just for flying about and having sex, but you can also use it to rewire your brain while you sleep and to integrate deep childhood trauma. That's amazing. Think about situations where there is something in life you want to know. Maybe it's how to heal an illness. Maybe it's the next step in your future. How can you use and think about the potential for lucid dreaming to give you the answers or to help you in that healing journey. And now I want you to get your journal and your pen ready because we're gonna go into the 4D technique to lucid dreaming. These are four steps to get you to lucidity. Charlie? There are literally dozens of lucid dreaming techniques, but I found there are four that if given to complete beginners, help them move onto the path of lucidity very quickly. The first step to lucid dreaming is recalling your dreams because otherwise you could be having lucid dreams every night of your life, but you probably wouldn't remember it. More likely though, is unless you regularly recall your dreams, you're very unlikely to have lucid dreams. Why? Because a lucid dream is knowing that you're dreaming as the dream is happening. So to get to that level of knowledge, you need to know what you're dreaming about. So the first thing we need to do is to train ourselves to remember our dreams. And before we do that, I know there are some of you watching going, but I don't dream. Everybody dreams. There is no way to stop the human brain from dreaming, apart from a heavy head injury or a stroke. And even then, within a few weeks or months, the brain will rewire itself and start dreaming again. Why is dreaming so important to the human brain? Because it's directly linked to our evolutionary survival. We dream to reconsolidate memory and integrate trauma, two things which are vital for us surviving in this world. So, now that we know we definitely do dream every night, five times a night, based on an eight-hour sleep cycle, so how do we remember our dreams? We try. We set a strong intention to remember our dreams. For those of you who haven't remembered a dream for 10 years, I ask you, when did you last try to remember a dream? Tonight, try and remember. This could be as simple as sitting on the edge of your bed, remembering this masterclass and going, you know what, I wanna test this guy, Charlie. I wanna see if his techniques work. So tonight, I'm gonna remember my dreams. I'm really gonna try hard. I'm gonna remember my dreams. Setting that strong intention could be enough, but I wanna give you something a little deeper. When you fall asleep tonight, you're gonna to pass through a state called the hypnagogic state. Now we can see from that word there, hypnagogic, that it's close to a natural state of hypnosis, hypna. If you look at the brain waves of someone in the hypnagogic state, they are deep alpha and theta. Those brain waves aren't just similar to those of hypnotic trance, they are identical. So as you fall asleep tonight and you pass through the hypnagogic, you will be in a natural state of hypnosis. So essentially we're gonna implant a hypnotic suggestion within that mind state. So what does the hypnagogic feel like? Okay, it's the state of mind where your eyes are closed, you're feeling very drowsy, you might have the heaviness in your body. You're not asleep yet, but you're getting there. It's the transitional state of mind as you're falling asleep. You can still hear sounds in the room, you can still feel your body in the bed, but you're moving into sleep. Hypnagogic state. When you're in that state tonight, I want you to be reciting over and over in your mind an affirmation to remember your dreams. And the affirmation that I wanna share with you is this, because it's a tight affirmation. Tonight, I remember my dreams. 
I have excellent dream recall. Tonight, I remember my dreams. I have excellent dream recall. And you're going to fall asleep doing that over and over again for a good few minutes as you fall asleep. In fact, what I'd like to invite viewers to do now is actually join me in reciting this affirmation. Now, this might seem weird. You might feel like you've joined some sort of lucid dreaming cult. I promise you haven't. But I'm going to start reciting this affirmation. And if you want to join me, it's a great way of doing it and preparing the mind for tonight. So this is just a rehearsal. What I want you to do is recite this affirmation when your eyes are closed as you're drifting off to sleep tonight. So the affirmation is, tonight I remember my dreams. I have excellent dream recall. Tonight I remember my dreams. I have excellent dream recall. Join in if you'd like. Tonight I remember my dreams. I have excellent dream recall. So that's it. As you're falling off to sleep tonight, you're in this natural state of hypnosis, so you can implant a hypnotic suggestion to remember your dreams. Now, I've worked with people who have full dream blackout, who literally stand up at workshops and go, I don't care about the evolutionary science, I do not dream. I say, look, dude, for the next few nights, do me a favor, try this technique, and if it doesn't work, forget you ever met me. I'm yet to find someone who after two or three nights of falling asleep, reciting this affirmation, 21 times in fact, if you wanna do it fully. That, uh, that's the recommended time period, right? 20, say it 21 times. Yeah, 21 times. And, and it's easy to remember. I remember when you, were, when, when you were talking about this in New York, you mentioned it's 10 words. Tonight, I remember my dreams. I have excellent dream recall. It's 10 words. That's it. You say it 21 times and you start remembering your yeah, dreams. Those 10 words will change your life, man. It's Amazing. like you are dreaming every single night of your life, but most of us aren't aware of those dreams. Once we become aware of the dreams, you get an insight into the internal environment of your own mind. You know, think how many people, including myself, go to therapists and say, hey, Doc, what's going on in here? If you want to really know what's going on in here, look to your dreams. Who are you secretly in love with? Your dreams will tell you. What childhood trauma is still getting you down? Your dreams will tell you. What future events are you worried about? Your dreams will tell you. If you want to know the state of your mind, look to your dreams. There was a lady who came to one of my retreats. Now, on the first night of the retreat, you basically have the night off. The only real technique I give is the one we just did, dream recall. So we hadn't done any lucid dreaming techniques yet. That's the important thing to know. Yet this woman had a powerful lucid dream on the first night. Just how people watching this masterclass could have a powerful lucid dream tonight. The main reason she had the lucid dream was she had a good reason why. And as we're going to learn in the fourth D, the reason why is the most powerful lucid dreaming technique there is. This woman had suffered some abuse when she was a child, and she'd heard me say that in the lucid dream, you can meet personifications of psychological concepts, such as the inner child, the shadow, the traumatized self. So she wanted to go into her lucid dream and meet her seven-year-old self, because when she was seven, this is when some of the abuse occurred, and she became lucid that night. And in the lucid dream, she called out, seven-year-old self, come to me. Nothing happened. Nothing manifests. She called out a second time. Nothing happened. Nothing manifests. She called out a third time. The dreamer didn't present her with her seven-year-old self. It censored it. Perhaps the dreamer knew that meeting that seven-year-old abused girl was going to be too much. She would have been re-traumatized. So instead of the seven-year-old self, something else happens. A door appears, suddenly manifests in the dream in front of her. She looks to the door, and on the door there's a sign. The sign reads, caution. I mean, think of that, the intelligence of the dreamer, the symbolism, the, the poetry of it. Now, in the lucid dream, you have full access to waking state memory. So she's in the lucid dream. She said she thought to herself, what would Charlie say to do? Do I go through the door or not? And she thought to herself, if the door's locked, I'll see that as a symbolic representation that it's locked away. Everything's symbolic. I'm in a dream. But she pushed the door and it wasn't locked. It opened. 
So she proceeded with caution, like the sign said. As soon as she stepped through the door, a building manifest, boom, 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 three stories. And on each story of the building was a different symbolic representation of the abuse. Now on the ground floor was a room full of vomit. When I asked her, she said there was something where she was forced to eat till she was sick. Now she had seen my videos before where I say, whatever you meet in the lucid dream, hug it, embrace it. So she walks in this room full of vomit, thinks, you know, how do I hug a room full of vomit? But it's all symbolic, so I'll do it with my mind. So she calls out affirmations in the lucid dream. I set you free, it wasn't your fault, I set you free. And she wakes up with a big emotional release. And the next day I had the privilege of hearing her recount that dream fresh from lucidity. Now, when I was writing my third book, Dreaming Through Darkness, I wanted to include that case study in the book. So I had to contact her to ask her. And uh, I said, you know, can I include your lucid dream? She said, oh yeah, but I want you to tell people. My healing didn't occur the night after that lucid dream. I said, oh, so what happened? She went, it was more like the night after that lucid dream, all the barriers which had stopped me from going into therapy, which had stopped me talking to the family members involved, which had stopped me feeling worthy enough to heal, were removed. The lucid dream opened up the pathway to healing. It wasn't a silver bullet, but it opened up the pathway to lucid dreaming. And the last time I spoke to her, she was about to have Christmas with some of the family members involved. So deep the familial collective healing had been, all started from one lucid dream after one technique, the one we just did. That's amazing. And, and that's another example where the lucid dreaming led to sort of ripples in the real world that paved the way for healing. That's sort such, of like what I experienced. That's such an important point, Vishen. You know, if the effect of a lucid dream only impacted the third of your life that you spend sleeping, to be honest, it wouldn't be such a big deal. But that's not what happens. What you do in the lucid dream profoundly affects the two thirds of your life that you spend awake. Hmm. You can heal yourself in your sleep and transform your life while you live. That is something I didn't expect to hear going into this masterclass. I'm more excited than ever that you're gonna be our newest teacher on Mindvalley. I'm more excited than ever to be, to be going deep into lucid dreaming with you. So let's go on to number two, the second D. Sure, so the second D is dream diary. So we've set up our intention to recall our dreams, but now we need to document our dreams in some way. Now, why is it so important to document your dreams? Again, in the quest, we've got like a, a detailed protocol of how to keep a dream diary, but essentially this is enough to know. Every time you write down a dream, you solidify the memory of an unconscious process into the conscious mind. That is already bringing consciousness into the unconscious. You are more conscious of unconscious process. So just the act of writing down makes lucid dreaming easier. The second thing keeping a dream diary does is that it allows us to see the internal environment of our dreams. What am I dreaming about? Oh, I often dream I'm on a beach, or I often dream of being back at school, or I often dream I'm naked in public. Once we start to make that connection between what we're writing in our dream diaries and the fact that it only happens in dreams, we start to set up these lucidity triggers, which leads us on to our third D. But the second D is writing down your dreams in some way. Now, this doesn't have to be a crazy amount. If we were doing dream interpretation, I'd say spend half an hour every morning writing down every detail. But we're not. We're doing lucid dreaming. So all I'm saying is for a few minutes every morning, write down your dreams in a notebook, in your phone, in an app, whatever, but let your dreamer know, I'm listening. By writing down your dreams, you are paying homage to the dreamer, and that's gonna make your dreams manifest in a more conscious and more valuable way. And also, you're letting your dreamer know, I'm ready for lucid dreaming. Many people find that after just a week of keeping a dream diary, their dream life transforms, wow. and try this. So here's how you do it. Fall asleep reciting the dream recall affirmation. 
Then when you wake up in the morning, or even if you wake in the middle of the night to pee, write down some notes about what you were dreaming about. The first thing you should do in the morning, before you reach for that phone and start looking at emails, is ask yourself, where was I? How am I feeling in my body? What can I remember? What was I dreaming about? Let that be the central preoccupation of your first thought of the day. If it can be, you can remember a whole night of dreaming every morning. For many people, lucid dreams will manifest simply by keeping a dream diary. Now let's go on to step number three, the third D. So the third D stands for dream signs. We've got dream recall, setting our intention to remember our dreams. Then we've got dream diary, documenting the dream in some way, solidifying the memory of an unconscious process into the conscious mind. Step three is spotting patterns that we find in the dream diary. A dream sign is any aspect of the dream that can reliably indicate that you are dreaming. So, you know, ninja babies, talking animals, um, being back at school when you're an adult, most dreams are full of dream signs. They are anomalous aspects of the dream that indicate to you that you're dreaming. By keeping a dream diary, you start to chart, notice, and recognize your dream signs. Let's say you've been writing down your dreams for a couple of days. You read through them. Where are my dream signs? I'm walking down the street in London with my dog Waffles, okay? No dream signs there. I live in London. I walk down the street. I've got a dog called Waffles. But at the end of the street, I see Kanye West standing next to a pink dragon. Okay, those are my dream signs. Kanye West and pink dragon, right? Kanye is not part of my life. Pink dragons are not part of my life. Now, if Kim Kardashian had the same dream, Kanye West wouldn't be a dream sign for her because he is part of her life. But pink dragon, I assume, probably still would be, right? So by keeping the dream diary, we start to notice these dream anomalies. Every time you spot one of these dream signs, every time you recognize them, you're not only creating a lucidity trigger that says pink dragons equal dreaming or dead relatives equal dreaming, whatever your dream signs might be, or being back at school equals dreaming, you're also fostering a habit of mind that I call the critical reflective attitude. That's what gets you lucid having a critical reflective attitude to your dreams. Now, the only way you can foster that critical reflective attitude is by keeping the dream diary and then reading through the dream and noticing that's a dream sign, that's a dream sign, that's a dream sign. Every time you do that, you're strengthening that capacity until eventually you'll be in a dream, you'll see that pink dragon or Kanye West or whatever it is and you'll go, whoa, that's a dream sign, I'm lucid. That's how we get lucid. Now, there was this remarkable story you told me about, about this, this woman called Carrie from yeah. South Africa. Yeah. Tell us that story. So that case study is directly related to that third D, the dream sign technique. So Kerry was spending a lot of time, a lot of focus on looking at what are her recurring dream signs so that eventually that lucidity trigger would go off in the dream and she'd become lucid. So she was working on that technique and she also had a good reason why the fourth D, which we'll come to in a minute. Her reason why for having a lucid dream was that she wanted to explore her relationship with men that had included some abuse and misogyny. So she's in a dream, she sees a dream sign. She goes, that's my dream sign, boom, and she becomes lucid. As soon as she's lucid, she sets her intention to explore her relationship with men. Now she thought that the abusive relationship with men might manifest as like a ball of red smoke or something symbolic as it often does when working with abuse and lucid dreams. She said, Charlie, what happened was way worse than seeing any monster. What happened was the abuser appeared. The guy appeared in the lucid dream. And remember how realistic lucid dreams are. Wow. You can feel, you can touch, you can smell. And she saw this guy and she remembered what I'd said. She thought, now she saw this guy in the lucid dream. She knew he was just a projection of her mind, but she said, Charlie, I would have preferred any monster to appear than this guy. 
but she knew the guidelines. Anytime something appears in the lucid dream that is repulsive, that is disgusting, that you are terrified of, remind yourself, this is just a part of my mind which has become split off, traumatized. And what is the most powerful way to integrate it? Love, the embrace, the hug. So she walks up to this guy and she hugs him. She puts her arms around him. She said, Charlie, I could feel everything. I could even smell him. She said, that was the worst, but he smelled how he did, which was just had really stuck in my mind, that detail. And she hugs him and she's thinking, why am I hugging this guy? Why am I showing love to this guy? This feels so wrong. But she knew the paradox is by showing love, she transforms the hatred. So she hugs this guy. And as she hugs him, he starts to shrink in her embrace in the lucid dream. And she's thinking, well, he's getting smaller, smaller, smaller. He slips through her arms. She looks down on the floor and he's transformed, the abuser has transformed into a baby, swaddled in like a white cloth. She bends down and she picks this baby up in her arms and she looks down at the baby and she said, Charlie, that's when the healing began. Wow. And I said, why? Why when you looked at the baby's eyes? And she said, because I realized something. I realized that guy wasn't born an abuser. That guy was born a baby. And if I could connect with that, connect with his original innocence and the fact that maybe something happened to him to make him the way he was, I could start to forgive, I could start to release the trauma. And you know, as you're telling these stories, I know some people might be listening and going, I don't think I want to learn this because I don't want to face my abuser. I don't want to face these things which are really scary. But it seems to me, Charlie, that lucid dreaming actually keeps you safe. There's a higher power guiding you. Like that story you shared of the woman with the door that said caution. And then this lady, uh, Carrie from South Africa, how safe are we in a lucid dream? Very good point. So sometimes people are worried that in the lucid dream state, they could re-traumatize themselves. Now for that, we need to look at the science of how the dream state evolved. So the REM dreaming sleep state evolved in mammals and later in higher mammals and the apes and humans to be a place for memory reconsolidation and for humans, especially trauma integration. You know, imagine two cavemen, caveman A and caveman B. Caveman A is spending all night dreaming about saber-toothed tigers, how to run from them, how to hide from them, how to fight them. Mm. Caveman B is not. The next day they encounter a saber-toothed tiger. Who's more likely to survive? Caveman A, because they have been rehearsing their survival mechanism. So dreaming itself was designed not only to reconsolidate memory and update our survival mechanisms, but to dream about the traumatic events that had happened to help install in our memory new ways of dealing with them. There is a higher intelligence in the lucid dream that keeps you safe, that knows what you're ready for. As the great Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung once said, the shadow will only give you what you're ready for, and so too in the lucid dream. That's beautiful, and that's so reassuring. Now let's go on to the final step of this masterclass, which is the dream plan. So the fourth D is dream planning. Now I know you're into this idea that the why is more important than the how. If you've got a good reason why to have a lucid dream, that is the most powerful lucid dreaming technique there is. So dream planning is taking some time to consider in my first or next lucid dream, what would I choose to do? If you got lucid tonight, what would you choose to do? Would you choose to fly about and have sex with movie stars? Who am I to judge? But maybe if you got lucid tonight, you'll choose to heal a physical ailment, you'll choose to explore a trauma from childhood, you'll choose to ask a big question based on your career path, you'll choose to explore the nature of your mind from within your dreams. So the first step of dream planning is to work out what you would like to do in your first or next lucid dream and then write it out. Now in my program at Mind Valley, we take you through a detailed explanation of dream planning, but let me at least plant the seeds here. Step one for the dream plan is you write out 
in detail what you would like to do in your first or next lucid dream. Step two, draw a picture or somehow symbolically represent the lucid dream you wanna have. This is because for most people, their dreams are visual. They're dreaming in pictures, they're dreaming in symbols. So if we can draw a symbolic representation of the lucid dream we wanna have, we're one step closer to the dream manifesting. And then step three is your call to action. If your lucid dream plan, for example, is in my next lucid dream, I call out to meet my inner child. When my inner child appears, I embrace it with love and integrate any and all childhood trauma. Great dream plan, by the way, you should try it. Then your call to action might be as simple as, inner child, come to me. That's the thing that you would call out or the thing you would do once you're in the lucid dream. So there are the three steps. The plan, writing out a description of what you want to do in your first or next lucid dream. Number two, pictorializing it in some way. Could be symbolic, could be abstract, could be literal. And the third one, your call to action. The thing you would actually call out once you're in your first or next lucid dream. So you plan, you decide what you want to dream about. You picture, you say, draw, draw yeah. what you want to experience. So the so inner child one, I would draw like a little stick man of Charlie, then a little stick man image of my inner child, then another image of me embracing the inner child. You know, whatever, I'm not a good artist. And what's the third man. one? What's the third one? And the third one is your call to action. This is you actually dialoguing with the dreamer. So once you become lucid, how do you make the inner child appear? You call for it. Inner child, come for me. Got it. So your call to action might be heal my knee absolutely or remove this addiction absolutely. or remove this desire sure. or show me who i my next path in life yeah got it okay so that is the um uh, i once heard you use the word sankalpa for that so in my program we look at this idea of sankalpa that's essentially the call to action now sankalpa is a sanskrit word that means um will or intent to do something it's usually linked to the practice of yoga nidra which is conscious sleep practice but in this case, the Sankalpa is your call to action. I see, I see. You know, one of the greatest aspects of lucid dreaming is you don't need to believe in it. There's no guru to worship. There's no cult to be part of. There's nothing you need to have faith in. There's a set of scientifically verified practices, which if you do them, they lead to results. You have lucid dreams. And once you are lucid, you can literally rewire your brain and reprogram your mental attitudes while you sleep. You know, I can't think of any practice better suited to today's modern age where we claim not to have enough time to do our spiritual practice, not enough time to do our psychological work. This one you do in your freaking sleep. So no one's got that. <laughs> I love what you just said. <laughs> so let's do a quick recap. Step one, dream recall. Yes. Set the affirmation to remember your dreams. What is that 10 word affirmation again? Tonight, I remember my dreams. I have excellent dream recall. Recite it in the daytime if you want, but even better as you fall asleep at night and you pass through that natural state of hypnosis. 21 times. 21, you say times. 21 times. Now, step two is the dream diary. Buy a diary, have it by your bedside. As soon as you wake up, start writing out your dreams. And remember you telling me this, even if you wake up in the middle of the night, right, to go use the restroom or whatever, write down whatever is the dream fresh in your head. Yeah, I'm sure you've had this. You wake up at four o'clock in the morning with this epic dream. You think, wow, I'm never gonna forget this. It changed my life. Fall back asleep. Happened to me so many times. Yeah. So right. just a few notes in the middle of the night. Now, the third is dream signs. Pay attention to the signs in your dream. And as you start paying attention to these signs, the next time you see that sign, you will awaken in your dream. Absolutely. This is the part to lucidity. And not only that, once you start being aware of dream signs, your dreamer will start to give you more. 
I've heard from people who say just when they open up to the potential of what dream signs are, they suddenly start dreaming about Pink Dragons and Kanye West and all this stuff, as if the dream is saying, dude, get lucid, get lucid. And the step four is the dream plan. Have a clear intention, a why, a reason for wanting to remember your dreams. I want to give you 30 seconds right now. Write down or mentally think, why do you want to have a lucid dream? And I hope you've written that down. That's one of the most important steps. And this brings us to where we are today, where right here in London, we've finished producing the world's number one lucid dreaming program. This program is on Mind Valley's Quest platform. Over 30 days, Charlie's gonna be with you every single day. We're gonna bring in some powerful educational models. We're gonna bring in Charlie's methodology of teaching lucid dreaming, all on Mind Valley's tech platform, which is one of the most advanced education platforms in the world. What has made Valley the foremost personal growth company in the world today is this quest model of learning. Now, this is what it means. You aren't gonna be watching like eight hours of video on lucid dreaming. Rather, you're gonna go through almost an interactive coaching experience. Here's how it works. All of us, all the students enroll and you start a class together. Everybody starts on the same day. It's usually a Sunday or a Monday. And every day for the next 30 days, from that start date, you get a short video from Charlie. It could be five minutes to maximum 20 minutes. On some days, Charlie might guide you through a meditation. But here's the key thing. It's only five to 20 minutes a day for 30 days. And slowly over these 30 days, we use the science of behavioral change to build up new beliefs, new behaviors, new practices, new capabilities, identity shifts. And every week you make a major breakthrough. Now the cool part is all our students start on the same day and they end on the same day, which means you are starting together and crossing the finishing line together. Everyone is connected in a community. And so our students help other students along. And Charlie is there with you every day for 30 days in the form of meditations and videos guiding you along. So what is really happening here is that it's like hiring a personal coach, a personal trainer for 30 days to handhold you into lucid dreaming at a tiny fraction of that cost. This is what makes Mind Valley Quest such an effective learning methodology. But what's also cool is what happens every week. Every week you're unlocking a new superpower. Charlie, explain what happens week by week. I'm so excited by the quest because we build week by week from the basics to something really quite advanced. So in week one, we cover how to remember your dreams, how to reconnect with your dreamer, how to keep a dream diary, how to start seeing your dreams change within just a few days. And at the end of the seven days, you will see a shift in your dream life, even just within that first week. In week two, we start to go deeper. We look at dream signs, we look at the science of sleep, how each sleep stage can be used to harness lucidity, and we look at dream decoding. So anyone who's into a dream interpretation, this is as close as I get to that. You know, Vision, when people ask me, what do my dreams mean? I looked on Google or I checked in this dream dictionary. I say, those things are bullshit, man. Let's say me and you tonight both dream of a cat. 
But let's say in childhood, I was attacked by a cat. And let's say you love lol cat videos and watch them on YouTube before right. bed, right? If you have a dream about a cat tonight, it means joy. It's your inner representation of joy. For me, it means childhood trauma. And if we both look at the same dream dictionary and it says cats equal whatever, it's bullshit, man. So what we do in the quest is learn how to create your own personal dream dictionary by a practice I call dream decoding. So we can learn when my father appears in my dream, what does that mean? What does he represent? When cats appear in my dream, what do they mean? What do they represent? So it builds on the dream sign technique, but adds in ways to find meaning and symbolism and representational psychology within our dreaming minds. So week three, we move on to some of the more advanced techniques. We look at the reality checking. We look at certain practices that ask you to wake up at certain points in the night, do a certain meditation and drop back into sleep. Now those are optional. You don't have to do them. You can choose to sleep through the night if you like, but we give people the option of these more advanced techniques. By the time we get to week four, we're dropping into some serious mystical esoteric stuff. We're looking at the four stages of dream yoga. We're looking at how lucid dreaming plays a part in the ancient shamanic traditions of Mexico. We're looking at preparation for death and dying shadow integration. If you make it to week four, you are a serious dream warrior. We start right from the beginning in baby steps and we end in some of the most advanced techniques there are. That's what I love about this quest is a 30 day deep dive into the power of the lucid dreaming minds. Now, everything you shared is amazing, but I know there's some, for lack of a better word, mystical or really powerful stuff that I'm so excited about. Uh, for example, you speak about how we enter dreams and we see these beings looking at us, but these beings are representations of our subconscious. Explain what's going on there. So I think you're talking about dream guides here. Now, again, this is esoteric. I've got no scientific backup for this, right? Yeah. But many people find they'll be in a lucid dream. And sometimes certain dream characters in the lucid dream, they aren't there just to be background characters. They seem to be not only central protagonists, but aspects of your own unconscious mind that have come to help you, come to guide you. And the term I use are lucid dreaming guides. So sometimes you'll become lucid, you call out for your inner child, you've got your dream plan manifesting, but suddenly someone walks towards you and says, come, I've come to teach you the way of the dream. And you're like, what the hell? Wow. You go with them and they give you direct teachings about your own lucid dream experience or waking state insights. Now, the question is, who are they? Perhaps you could just say they're parts of your own mind, a higher intelligence, or perhaps something else. And in the quest, we explore the concept of the 1%. I say that 99% of everything in the lucid dream is your own mind. Of course it is. It is the mind flipped inwardly, experiencing the totality of its own projections. And yet, there is a crucial 1%, which when interacted with, you know beyond doubt, that is not part of my mind. That is something bigger, something from the collective unconscious something from the archetypal realm, something even connecting us to our ancestral lineage. And that can be communicated. That, that is amazing. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to experience that. I love dabbling into the mystical, the unknown, mm. and I cannot wait for the adventures this program is going to put me on. Can you? This is going to be so exciting. Now, there's another thing that you're going to be doing. I think it happens in day 28, where there is a psychic transmission and people have to describe the imagery that they are getting in their minds. Tell us about that. Okay, this is super exciting. And this is what I've always wanted to do on a lucid dreaming course and never been able to. In the right. quest, we can do it. So on day 28, I will be becoming lucid myself. And in my lucid dream, I will be projecting into the collective consciousness a specific image. It is a photograph of a specific image. 
I'll be meditating on that before bed, becoming lucid, projecting that image out, and I'll be asking everybody taking the quest to try and tune in to the target image that I'm projecting out there, to tune into my mind stream and to guess what the image is. If they become lucid, they could call out, Charlie Morley's target image now, Charlie Morley's target image now. If they don't become lucid, then simply the next day, I want them to scan through their dreams and see what were the big images that arise, set that intention. Then the next day, they'll be encouraged to go into the Quest community and write in their answer what they believe the target image was. Once we've got in all the answers from the tribe members who've taken place in the experiment, I will then give them the actual answer and we'll see how many people could have a direct hit. That's amazing. Now, I know some of you are super excited and some of you may be thinking, is this really possible? Well, look, you don't have to make up your mind right now. Mind Valley programs, each program we create is the best in the world. That is our promise. If you take a program on leadership at Mind Valley, it is the best in the world. If you take a program on lucid dreaming in Mind Valley, it's the best in the world. And we let you decide for yourself. When you buy a house, you don't just buy a house, you want to go with the real estate agent, walk into the house, check it out, maybe see the bedroom, see how it's laid out, look at the design, see if you like it, then you decide if you buy the house. We're not asking you to commit to this program, we're asking you to simply check it out. You can enroll in this program today and the program will be available for you. You can go through the program for up to 10 days. Even if your specific class hasn't started yet, there are warm-up videos, there are meditations all available for you. Browse it, check it out, look at it on the Apple TV app or on your Android phone or your iPhone or on your desktop. Take a look at the quality of the videos, take a look at the quality of Charlie's teachings. And if you don't like it, just go to mindvalley.com forward slash refund and give yourself a refund. You do not have to make a phone call. You do not have to send an email. You literally go to this URL, mindvalley.com forward slash refund, click a few buttons. It takes no more than two minutes and automatically you give yourself a refund. It is that easy because we believe in our programs that much. You can take back whatever enrollment fee you put in this program. So you do not have to make up your mind. All I'm asking you to do is to check this out. Scroll down below and click enroll. You have nothing to lose. But think about what you have to gain. The powers, the healing, the synchronicity, the ability to access your guides, the ability to talk to higher intelligence. What you can gain is so much and you can decide for yourself. Scroll down below and click enroll. And this will likely be one of the singular best investments you ever have made in your entire life. I know I'm so excited about this program. And one of the reasons I wanted Mind Valley to work with you, Charlie, and create this is because I cannot wait to bring lucid dreaming further into my life after the already powerful results I've been from mere conversations with you. I'm so excited about this quest. We put so much effort into it. It's full of effective techniques and it's really fun too. And not only do you get a really incredible enrollment fee when you enroll right now as a thank you for watching this masterclass, you save big, but there are also some powerful bonuses for you. Along with this program, you get 13 meditations. These meditations are designed to complement the experience within this program. Cognitively learning is one thing, practicing is another, but being able to go into these altered states of mind where you are programmed with new abilities to unlock in your dreams, that's truly powerful stuff. And what you're gonna get is all of these meditations available for you. And these 13 meditations are gonna be transformative for you. All of these are gonna be available as a bonus on Mindvalley's Omvana app. Omvana is an advanced meditation player. It's so advanced, we keep it as a separate app. And there you will find all of the recordings by Charlie 
and you have the ability to customize Charlie's meditation. So for example, you can listen to Charlie's voice with the sound of binaural beats or with sleep sounds so you fall asleep or the sound of birds or the sound of running water. It is truly an advanced platform. And as a secondary bonus, all our students are connected in a beautiful, living, thriving community where you can share your dreams, share your ideas, answer questions or ask questions with thousands of other students. All of these as a bonus. Now, when you scroll down below, you will notice that there's an option to sign up for Mindvalley All Access. Mindvalley, as I said before, has the best programs in every category of personal growth. Some of you may only be interested in lucid dreaming and may only enroll in this program. Phenomenal, that is an incredible decision. But some of you may decide that you wanna go further. Why not sign up for Mindvalley All Access and get our lucid dreaming program, but get every other Mindvalley program also available for you. Every single program on Mindvalley unlocked for you for just $2 a day. But not only that, you become part of our exclusive Mindvalley All Access community. You're connected on our Connections app and our members who are part of Mindvalley All Access, they come together in meetups around the world. They take part in Zoom calls with some of the world's best thought leaders. They connect with authors like me and Charlie. We are literally planning all access meetups here in London where our members come together live in a pub with me and Charlie and other Mindvalley authors. So if you upgrade to all access, you're getting the full Mindvalley experience. So yes, you might do lucid dreaming, but after that, you may do a second program and a third program. At the end of one year, there are 12 months, you may have completed 12 different programs, not just transforming your life with lucid dreaming, but maybe you develop a super memory. Maybe you develop supreme fitness. Maybe you've transformed your methods of learning or your career or your leadership skills or your public speaking skills. This is what makes Mindvalley so powerful and so addictive to all our students. I strongly encourage you to sign up for Mindvalley All Access because it is the best education money can buy. And it's only $2 a day, which makes it incredible value. That's less than the price of a cup of coffee every single day for the world's best education at your fingertips. So thank you for joining us. Scroll down below, all the information is there, and I cannot wait to see you enroll in our Lucid Dreaming program with Charlie Morley. Charlie, any closing thoughts? Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I cannot wait to see people become lucid in their dreams, whether in the quest or from the masterclass. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to see you in this program. Click enroll. We'll see you in our community, and our Lucid Dreaming class is starting soon. Thank you. And thank you, Charlie. Thank you.